dominion. Y'all ain't near as excited about church as I am tonight, but that's okay. You will be. Turn to two people and tell them, you about to get there. You about to get there. Come on. Slap them if you have to. The devil's been slapping them around all week. They need somebody with some faith to slap them and say, you about to get there. You about to get there. Sounds like a message. I should preach that. You about to get there. Especially when I just preached about here. It would only be proper to preach about there. But I ain't going to preach about there. Matter of fact, I take a quick glance around the room. It's good to see a lot of home folk tonight because if you're, if you're a first-time visitor here tonight, you may not come back after tonight's message. So we'll put that disclaimer out there. I don't always preach like this. Just know that. Oh, y'all just, man, I just, I felt, I felt the tension creep in the room. Stand with me all over the house for the reverence of reading God's word, please. <laughs> oh, I feel the joy of the Lord, even in the midst of persecution. Hallelujah. Or as the Iglesia campus says, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Speaking of which, man, Pastor Fernando is doing an incredible job with that. They had, yeah. Campus is growing. They had, I don't know, I got to report something like 25 people this past Sunday night, largest that they've had yet. Oh, wait, wait, I forgot. I forgot. Y'all saved, folk. They had two people saved? Those are the only numbers we get excited about, right? Like, bars have hundreds of people show up, but only salvation happens in the presence of the Lord. Amen? Had two people saved. And then this Sunday night, y'all be praying, Dominion. Sumter is in full force. We're excited, we're excited, we're excited. And uh, I know a lot of you have expressed interest. You're more than welcome to come support it, especially for the first night. Uh, show up strong, represent. Wear the Dominion gear. And uh, more than anything, put your salvation on before you come, okay? We want them to see that, that this ministry is really working in people's lives. Um, just incredibly humbled by all that God is doing. And saying that, though, I believe he's just getting started. Amen. I want to come to you tonight. I was reading. This is a word that came to me just today. I was reading in my Bible today in Judges. And Judges chapter 6, I read this and I began to cry. And the Lord released this word to me just this afternoon. And so it's hot off the press. Fresh bread right out the oven. Y'all ready for it? Judges chapter 11. I'm only going to read you a few verses and then we're going to. We're going to proclaim the word of God. It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah, and that belonged to Joash the Abzebrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all of his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian? I want to talk to you tonight for a few moments about where is the wonder. 
Father, we come before you tonight. Mm. Settle. Settle, Holy Spirit, settle. Settle in this place. Lay hold of every heart that needs to hear what you are speaking. Father, allow the word to come forth, not just as a sword that cuts, but a balm that heals. God, that in this word being released, spiritually deaf ears will become open. Spiritually deaf or spiritually blinded eyes will become open. Father, that we may not just hear the word of the Lord, we may indeed see it. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. And the church said, amen and amen and amen. Ask three people around you, say, where is the wonder? Where is the wonder? Where is iCampus Dominion TV? Where is the wonder? Where is the wonder? The backdrop of this, we find Gideon. But before we find Gideon in Judges chapter 6, we find that indeed Israel has again gone back to sin. It has indeed gone back to the very place that God said, don't you go back to it, the idols. He said, I'm going to bring you into a land. I'm going to give you promise. I'm going I'm to cause your crops to prosper. I'm going to cause your families to prosper. Everywhere you go is going to prosper, but you can't go back. And the Bible says in previous of Judges chapter 6 that again Israel went back and they began to fall around the gods of, of Baal. And, and they may not have been doing all of the dirt that, they, that they, the Midianites and those that were in the land were doing, but they had forsaken the Lord their God. And so God raises up a prophet that the Bible does not name. It's a no-name prophet. And he comes in and he begins to prophesy about what God is about to do. And, and it's in this prophetic unction that he begins to speak and release what is happening that the angel of the Lord appears. And then we find in verse 11 where the story picks up that the angel of the Lord comes to a man named Gideon. And he is threshing wheat in a wine press. And he tells him, he says, you mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. And it's in that moment that Gideon utters these words, and now I'm paraphrasing, that he says, really, really, God's with us. Because if God was with us, then why would all this happen to us? If God's a good God, oh, y'all ain't heard that before? If your God's a good God, then why has all this happened? And it's there in this moment that Gideon, when he released these words, it's those words that I read that caused my heart to break and tears to come to my eyes today as I was reading, where he said, where is the wonder? Where are the miracles? Where is the movement? Where is the undeniable? Where is the suddenly? Where is the manifestation? Where is the change that people come to church and they leave differently? God, if you're really with us, where is wonder? See, I wonder if many of us can feel so much like Gideon. We've heard the stories, the testimony after testimony has come. But I also believe there comes a time where we are done hearing about it and we are ready to behold it for ourselves. Come on, somebody. See, I believe that our church is on the brink of the supernatural. See, and if you don't feel that, one of two reasons. 
One, you're not carrying it. Or two, you haven't carried it long enough. From somebody that God used to help birth this thing, I want you to know that a parent knows its child. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I can sit in this room and I can sense the development of something supernatural. I can hear it on the platform in the worship. I can see it in the maturity of leadership. I can feel it in the fellowship of the saints. I can sense it in the pre-service prayer. There is something when I breach the threshold, I know God is about to do something supernatural. And if you don't feel it, it's because you're too new and haven't known what it was before or you are not carrying it enough. But I'm telling you that this ministry has been marked and is on the brink of the supernatural. I can show you my inbox of, of national prophetic voices that have messaged me and have told me, Son, Keep your focus. I see what God is doing. You better tell that church, keep praying, keep pushing, keep believing. It's always darkest before it's dawn. Weeping may endure through the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Just because it's hard doesn't mean God ain't working. And so I believe that our church is on the brink of the supernatural. I believe that we have seen restoration, but where I believe God is calling us is preparing us for a sovereign revival type move of God. And there's been a sense, a DNA of revival in this house. People say, man, I love going to Dominion Church. Why do you love going? Because you just feel God in there. It's an undeniable But I want you to know something. It should be in every house that flies the flag of Jesus. But can I tell you, the kind of move that I'm talking about is the kind of move of blinded eyes being opened. The kind of move I'm talking about is the kind of move where the deaf will hear. The kind of move that I'm talking about is where the lame will walk. The kind of move I'm talking about is the kind that devils will be cast out by the finger of God. The kind of move that I'm talking about will be where supernatural resources will be released. The kind of move I'm talking about is a move that shakes a city. The kind of move I'm talking about, it will be a move that shakes the government. The kind of move I'm talking, I feel it in this room. The kind of move I'm talking about, it will shake the government. It will shake the schools. It will shake the economy. And it will shake hell. The kind of move I'm talking about, shake something. The kind of move I'm talking about, the dead are raised. Yes, I believe that God is still doing these things. I said, I believe God is still doing these things. But I believe that the church, the global church, 
has been wooed asleep and no longer wonders where is the wonder. But I believe there's a remnant arising that they are tired of threshing wheat in a wine press. I prophesy to you by the Spirit of God that there is a remnant rising that's saying where is the wonder that are going to put a demand on heaven in such a way that God won't have no choice but to respond. See, I believe that there's people just like Gideon tonight under the sound of my voice that would say exactly what he says in verse 13. But pardon me, where is the wonder? Where is the undeniable move of God in the body of Christ? Where is the move of God that leaves no stone unturned? Where is the move of God that you have no choice but to get right or get out? Where is the move of God that when you enter it, it enters you? Where is the move of God that the very atmosphere causes men to weep and women to lay prostrate? Where is the move of God that shakes everything in the region? Where is the wonder? See, there are some things from Judges chapter 6 that I believe God began to reveal to me that can become a lesson in the restoring of the wonder and the miraculous moving power of God back to the church. See, the first thing in verse 11, it says he was making wheat in a wine press. He was making wheat in a wine press. He was making wheat in a wine press. And as I read that, I heard the Spirit of God that asked me, he said, what would happen if you quit showing up to make bread where I've called you to press wine? Hold on. Is this going to rub some of you religious folk really, really raw right here? See, bread... You cast your bread on the water, the Bible says. That he fed 5,000, 3,000 with fish and loaves of bread. Satan comes to uh, Jesus in 40 days of what we will know as his, his trial and tempting that he was led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. And it's in these moments that Satan gives us a revelation of bread. He said, he said, if you be the Son of God, then turn this rock into bread. And Jesus says, for it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We find in the revelation of moments that bread is the word. The Bible said that Israel had to get up daily and go get manna and every day they went there was enough manna. Exactly what they needed and it's in this prophetic revelation that we find that every day we get up and we get in the word there is bread for our souls. Now, what I'm about to say could be taken very heretical. So, chill out. If you know my heart, and if you don't, if you don't take out of what I'm going to say out of context, then you'll understand. See, I believe that we've been good with making bread in the wine press. 
We're okay with the bread. We don't like the wine. I'm talking over some of y'all's head, but you're about to catch it in the name of Jesus. See, a lot of us are okay with the Bible in church. But don't let you let that spirit come out. See, bread I can control. See, bread I can put in it what I want to put in it. But see, wine, wine has a process. And it will begin to ferment. And when it begins to ferment, there's a little bit of it that you can't control. There's a part of it that when it gets out, it begins to bubble. There's something inside of it that when it gets inside of me, I can't, my, 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 I can't control me. See, we're good with the bread. I said, we're good with the bread. See, and I think a lot of us, I think a lot of us, we're trying to make bread where he said, you should be producing wine. See, I think we're good with the Bible. But don't you let the spirit break out. See, but what you need to understand is that he is the spirit of truth. See, in John 17, 17 gives me a revelation of truth. He said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word, your bread is truth. Let me tell you something. You can't have bread and not have wine. Watch, 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 watch. Jesus sits down the night before his betrayal. And guess what he's got? He's got a little bit of bread and he's got a little bit of wine. And he's telling them, I got bread and I got wine because what I'm about to do, you're going to need both. But see, we got a church that just wants the bread. Don't worry. I, I told you I don't always preach like this. We got a church that only wants bread. But you got to understand something. Word without spirit leaves no manifestation. Genesis 1, in the beginning. No, y'all in John 1. Genesis says, in the beginning was God. God created the heavens and the earth. John 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Y'all good. You read your Bibles. You just get your chapters messed up. But watch, 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 watch. Genesis 1 says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And it says that the Spirit was hovering over the face of the deep that was void and without form. So the spirit was waiting on the word, but the word couldn't perform without the presence of the spirit. Do you hear what I'm teaching in the house tonight? Because we got a lot, a whole lot of ministry happen in a place that's meant to produce wine, but they trying to turn wheat. And we cried out saying, where is the wonder? I'll tell you where the wonder is. The wonder's in the wine. I said, the wonder is in the wine. I said, the wonder is in the wine. I just ruined my whole message. I go home now. 
I got a whole lot more. I got a whole lot more. Tap somebody, tell him. He's got more. He's got more. He's got more. See, what if we quit showing up to make bread and started just making wine? See, we must be intentional about our place. See, this is a house of miracles. But we can easily come into this house of miracles and make it a house of misery. Do you see what happened when man showed up? It was intended to be something, but he decided to use it for something else. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. Y'all going to have to be here two hours tonight. I just got to preach this. Let me tell you what's happened in the church of America. He said, my house shall be called. But we came in and we called it everything else. And we've been a bunch of weak threshers in a press that's supposed to be making wine. See, man got in and it was designed for one thing, but he was using it for another. Oh, y'all act like you ain't never met them preachers that just want your money, honey. I heard, heard an old preacher say that the gospel went to Rome and it cost men their lives. I heard an old preacher say that the gospel went to Asia and it caused some of the greatest persecution and the jails were overflowing. But the gospel came to America and it became a multi-billion dollar business. I came to tell you, we got to put in it what it was made for. See, We can make this place anything we want to. A house of miracles can easily become a house of misery. A house of miracles can easily become a house of dysfunction, a house of gossip, a house of hatred, a house of racism, a house of bitterness, a house of betrayal. See, we have the capability of making this whatever we want, but here's the problem. What you make in it, it will produce. People talking about churches jacked up. You doggone right it is. It's because what we're allowing to be made in the church. Lost half the crowd there tonight. That's good. Glad I didn't come for amens or omis. See, we must be intentional about the place that he's given us. See, you can't even thresh wheat in a wine press. I said, you can't even thresh wheat in a wine press. See, a threshing floor would have been an area that is often hard, flat, and exposed to wind. Because it's there on the threshing floor that the wheat would be brought in from harvest, and they would have something called a winnowing fork. And the winnowing fork, they would take the wheat and they would throw it and as they threw it they would smack it they would beat it and as they did the denser material wheat would fall as the wind blew and it would carry away everything that wasn't supposed to be in the wheat that's how you make wheat now wine let me show you a picture of a wine press from Israel so that you understand the culture of what Gideon was doing it's here in this wine press You got the picture? Ryan, run back there. Save the day, son. You're amazing. Poor Gabby. Can we give it up for our media team, though? I absolutely absolutely love them and honor them. But anyways, so the, the, the threshing floor 
would look like how I just described you in the wine press would look like this messenger check it was sent messenger cue the jeopardy music please somebody praise God Somebody shout for the wine press. So I want you to understand something. Gideon is threshing wheat in the wine press. So what would happen is they would stand here and crush the grapes under their feet, which would cause a secretion of, of juices and what would soon become wine to flow down over the rocks and drip in this basin. But what we find is the Bible says that Gideon is hiding in the wine press. So Gideon is not in sight. Gideon is hidden. Here's the problem about the bottom of that press. No wind. See, you wouldn't be able to properly thresh wheat in a place that has walls. Because when the wind would blow, it would blow over your head and it would never be able to take the denser material and the lighter material and sift it. And then we wonder why we have so much mess in the house of God. Because what we're doing is trying to make wheat where he said, no, wheat is a place that needs to be in a place that can be exposed to the wind. The wind is the spirit. Acts chapter 2, and on the day of Pentecost, a mighty rushing wind came and blew and the whole house was filled and they all spoke with tongues and the spirit gave the utterance. We find out that you can't make wheat whether you're supposed to only press wine. I'm trying to teach you on where is the wonder. Is this okay? Because it's past 8 o'clock. Okay. Tell me, say, you got 30 more minutes, preacher. Everyone that didn't say that. God, get them. Put conviction on them, Lord. They're complacent. Get them. Get them, God, get them. See, if we're going to see the wonders of God, we got to get out the hole. My second point that I want to tell you says, verse 11 says, he was doing it to keep it from the Midianites. See, you don't get to hide the miraculous, wonder-working power of God. You don't get to put it in a room under the wind, out of sight and out of mind. This movement, this wine. See, you can bake bread or make bread and nobody know it, but you can't make wine and nobody know it. See, because when you would crush the grapes, a fragrance would be released and everybody in the area would know that you're making wine. You can throw wheat all day and nobody know it, but you don't get to press wine and nobody. I came to prophesy to the spirit-filled church and tell you, behind the walls, God says, is no more. I'm taking the movement of the spirit to the streets where you won't be able to hide what I'm doing anymore. See, you can thresh wheat and not create a smell, but you can't press wine and not create a smell. We got too many believers that love powerful church, but they're too afraid to talk about it. You go to church where? Don't they believe in speaking in tongues? Don't they believe in the laying on of hands on the sick? 
You go to church where? Don't they say that they can cast out devils? You go to church where? Don't they believe in running and shouting and praising God? Don't they believe in raising their hands and, and worship? Don't you believe? You doggone right we do. I'm sick and tired of trying to fresh wheat in a place that he called me to make wine. I'm coming out of hiding. Somebody tap somebody and tell them, I'm coming out of hiding. Hey, 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 hey. I'm going to stand right here and either you can stand with me or stand against me, but you better watch out because I'm about to jump. I'm about to stop. I'm about to make something. See, I believe the church is busy asking God, where is the wonder? But God looks at us and says, where are you? See, we got an Adam simplex in the house of God. We went into hiding and we're asking God, God, where are you? Where is the wonder? And tonight I hear a cry through the forest of his heart that says, where are you? Why are you hiding? Why are you ashamed of this move of the Spirit? Why do you quench the Spirit when I begin to move? Why do you deny even the very place where you worship? Ah, if you are ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. I came to preach to somebody that'll say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. See, if the spirit-filled church is going to see signs and wonders restored, we got to come out of hiding. See, all that talking in tongues, it's not politically correct. They'll diagnose you as crazy. They'll say something's wrong with you. I'll tell you more what it is. They just can't explain it. And what people can't explain, if they can't empathize, they will criticize. I said what they can't explain, if they can't empathize, they will criticize. See, we must quit being ashamed of the moving of the Spirit of God. We must quit being ashamed of the mighty power of God. Let me talk to some of y'all. You used to love the club when it was loud. But now you want to be all reverent when you come to church. I don't want to sit next to sister so-and-so. She clap too much. She shout too much. She dance around. Well, when you was in the club, you was trying to be all up on every sister that was dancing around. When you was up in the club, you wanted it loud. You wanted it bumping. But now you come to the house of God and got all kinds of sissified and want to sit there reverent. But I came to tell you, bless the Lord, oh my soul. I ain't forgot where he brought me out of. And I will praise the Lord. See, we must quit being ashamed of the moving of the Spirit of God. See, you loved when the party was hyped. But now you hating when the worship is. I got a couple more. 
You talked about how packed out the keg party was. You should have seen it. Everybody was there. But now you mad when you show up to church and somebody's sitting in your seat. When did you get so saved that you got sissified? When did you get so saved that you forgot where he brought you from? When did you get so saved that you forgot how hard you went for the devil and now you think you got to go soft for God? When did you get so saved? See, I'm telling you, God is tired of the church that is out of place. If you got Pentecost on your church sign, listen to me, preacher, you better have it on the inside because God is tired of things that are out of place. See, what is going on on the outside better be going on on the inside. There is, I'm telling, "Mm, help me, Holy Ghost, help me, Holy Ghost, help me. It is disgusting of the calamity of spirit-filled churches in this area. They used to have all-night prayer meetings. They used to call fast. They used to seek the face of God until he moved. But now they've settled for two donuts and 30 minutes and three points. I, I came to talk and tell you that God is saying, get back in the right place. Do and produce what I've called you to produce. <laughs> See, I want to serve notice right here tonight that we will be a spirit-filled church. We will be a church driven by the presence of God and the wonder of God. We will see signs and wonders and miracles. You hear me and hear me well. People will speak in tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. And it will not be interpreted all the time in accordance to 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2. That when a man speaks in tongues, he speaks in an unknown tongue, and it is not interpreted for no man knows what he says, but he speaks directly to God. Y'all better read your Bibles. Because they got the spirit-filled church messed up. I don't know about all that tongues and no interpretation. That's just, that's not even biblical. Nah, bro, you ain't read your Bible. I just gave you the scripture, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. Read it and weep. But there will be tongues and interpretation. There will be prophecy. There will be healings. There will be devils cast out. There will be supernatural resources released. There will be deaf ears open. The lame will walk. And the deaf will talk. And the dead will be raised in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, people are going to get out of wheelchairs in Jesus' name. See, and some of y'all, y'all going to be like Peter. Hey, don't you go to Dominion Church? Dominion who? I'm prophesying tonight. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is upon me, and he has anointed me to preach this message tonight. I can't deny what I know. I can't shake what I feel. Hey, Allah Mahaya. 
I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is desiring to do such a work here that it will be talked about. Some of you thankful that it ain't been talked about. I came to prophesy to you tonight. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Because they about to talk about wine being made in the wine press and wheat being threshed on the wheat floor. I came to tell you tonight. It's coming, 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 it's coming. I'm almost done, I'm almost done. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. My God, I'm nowhere near done. Acts chapter 2. I just realized I ain't even the point three yet, and I got five. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Somebody say, preach on, preacher. Good, that conviction I prayed is working. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. In the last days, somebody say last days. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Somebody say, they will prophesy. And I will show wonders. I'll show what? I'll show what? Yes, God, show the wonders. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. And the sun will be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Who? Everyone. Everyone. Man, I believe that's the greatest part of the last day's revival. That whosoever, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Let me talk to the mama that's been praying about their backslidden son. God just told me there's coming a day that it could be late in the midnight hour. He's going to get on your son and he's going to call on the name of the Lord. And in the last minute, in the last twinkle of an eye, he'll be saved. Whosoever calleth on the name, everyone that calls on the name of the Lord. Watch this, watch this. Did you hear what was attached to wonder though? Watch, watch, watch. I'm really thinking about starting a series, even maybe this Sunday, about what I'm about to talk to you about. It says that wonder is directly attached to last days. And see, while many are fearful of the last days, Acts tells me that they are great and they are glorious. That there is no finer hour of the church than in her last days. I tell you that no runner runs harder than in the last lap. I tell you that there's no fire that is hotter than a fire that's been burning for a while. My God, I came to tell you that in the last days it's going to be great and glorious. But watch and see what's attached. That wonder... It's directly connected to the last days. I believe, I believe that wonder will be restored to the church in the last days. I'm stopping. I've got more points, but I ain't got time. I feel the quench of the Spirit saying, shut it down. You want more of that? Come back next Wednesday. Lord willing, I'll finish it. Brooke, come on up here real quick. Come on. I got a couple more points, and I'm going to share them next week. But I want to share this with you. My God, I thought I was going to, you know, prepare this message in a couple hours. Looks like i got to go back and study more. Because my last couple points were the quickest ones. But stand with me all over this house. I want to read something to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who wants the wine? Who wants the wine? Who wants the wonder? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Isaiah 29, as I was reading, I felt like the Lord. And I'm going to be honest with you. This scripture, 
I usually don't take scriptures like this because it's line upon line, precept upon precept. And I don't like to take things necessarily out of context and release them. But when I was reading this, the Lord really put on my heart that this is indeed what the Lord says. Because it starts with a really strong rebuke, but it's full of promise. In Isaiah 29 and verse 13, Isaiah 29 and verse 13, if we can get it on the screens, please. Isaiah 29 and verse 13. says the Lord says these people come near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me Isaiah 29 and verse 13 man if that's not a picture of today's church these people come near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me And their worship of me is based on merely human rules that they've been taught. Let me tell you, some things in the spirit are taught, but some things are caught. And worship is something that can't never be taught. It's got to be caught. Verse 14. Verse 14. Gabby will quit on me tonight after tonight. Jerrica, she's going to need some encouragement. Tell her that what I say, I don't mean it harsh. Verse 14 says, therefore, somebody say therefore. Therefore. Once more, I will astound these people with wonder upon wonder upon wonder upon wonder upon wonder upon wonder. I felt as I was reading that, that God would not allow that word to pause. And I believe it's the reason why the writer would have etched a semicolon that it was not a wonder upon wonder. Stop. It's like a wonder upon wonder upon wonder upon wonder upon wonder. Once again, I'm going to astound my church with wonder upon wonder upon wonder. And it says the wisdom of the wise will perish. And the intelligence of the intelligent will vanish. But woe to those who go to great depths to hide their plans from the Lord. What did he say? He said, get out of the pit, Gideon. You don't get to hide this thing anymore. You don't get to cover up what I'm wanting to be revealed. You don't understand Pentecost happened in a room, but it didn't stay there. You don't understand that the Spirit came in the window but went out through the door with the men. And the Bible said that on that day, the Apostle Peter stands up and it says this most profound proclamation. And the eleven stood with him. And he preached to them. Some 3,000 were saved. My God, it can't stay in the room. It can't stay in a hidden place. It's got to come out. It's got to go into our homes. It's got to go into our schools. It's got to go into our businesses. This spirit can. Now, you can't put a dove in a cage. Do you know that Jesus comes to the temple and he finds them? Selling sacrificial offerings. He flips the tables over. A lot of us, you know, we thought back in the day that was some southern gospel singers that would show up and try to sell all their merchandise. Right, Bev? They'd be like, you could sell just after church out in the yard. (laughs) Biblical illiteracy has done more damage to the church than anything. But you got to understand, what was actually happening is they were taking what was meant for worship and they were caging it and putting a price on it. See, because you can't cage doves. 
And I believe that when Jesus flipped that table over, cages broke and doves flew free. He says, woe to those who go to great depths to hide their plans from the Lord, who do their work in darkness and think who sees us and who will know. Verse 16. You turn things upside down as if the potter thought to be like the clay. Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it? You did not make me. My God. Revelation says that Jesus stands at the door and knocks. Here's the problem. He's standing at the door of a church and he's knocking. And right here proves the point. Why is Jesus on the outside of his church? I'll tell you why. Because people came in like thieves and robbers and we have robbed the house of God and made it about us. And we have put the maker of the house on the outside and tried to take the keys from him when all he ever wanted to do was give us the keys. says, you did not make me. Can the pot say to the potter, you know nothing? Let me tell you something. There's nobody that I want to be in charge of the service of God than God himself. See, in a very short time, will not Lebanon be turned into fertile field, and the fertile field seem like a forest. And in the day, the deaf will hear the words of the scroll, and out of gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind We'll see. We're going two more verses. And once more, the humble. Somebody say one more time. One more time. My God. will rejoice in the Lord and the needy will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. Verse 20. And the ruthless will vanish and the mockers will disappear. And all who have an eye for evil will be cut down. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. Church, I challenge you tonight with the convicting word of God. And I ask you, Where? is wonder where is the signs that I've heard old preachers talk about where are the men like Oral Roberts that would cause legs to grow suddenly in the eyes of those that would look upon where is the moving of God that every blinded eye is open that every deaf ear is unlocked where is the wonder where is the spirit filled church where is the church that's not ashamed of us not being in control of the service but there's an eminent force that is upon us and when it falls it's like tongues of fire he ignites men and releases women he empowers his people to do great and mighty exploits. Where is the wonder? Where is the wonder? God, restore the wonder. Restore the wonder to your church. God, restore the wonder. I told God tonight, coming here to preach, I said, God, I'm not going to talk about it and you not be about it. See, most preachers won't preach this because in doing so, then it puts a demand on them for them to react and respond in a way. But here's where you got it messed up. The demand ain't on me, bro. I'm not the healer in this room. I'm not the miracle worker. I'm not the deliverer. I'm just a vessel. I'm just a clay pot. And I'm looking at the potter like, hey, bro, you know best. You know best. So this is what I'd ask. If you need God to move in your life, I know some of you have told me that you're in need of a miracle tonight. I want you to come right now. Come, 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 come. They're going to come in a few minutes. Don't go nowhere. They've got 
food in the foyer for the building fundraiser that's preparing. So don't go nowhere. You can eat right here. You just ate spiritually. Some of y'all ain't even hungry no more. And this is what I'm going to do. Out of, out of respect, biblically, I'm going to ask that the pastors, only pastors, you know if you're a pastor or a leader or teacher, and because you've been ordained and set forth, I want you to step forward. Come, come, come. And I want you to help me pray. <clears throat> and this is what we're going to do. We don't know what the miracle is. We don't know what the need is. But he does. And I'm willing. I'm willing to put a demand on God in such a way that we're saying, God, we're not ashamed. We really believe this gospel. We really believe that signs and wonders will follow those who believe. We really do believe it, God. It's not our word. That's your word. And you watch over your word to perform it. If you need a miracle, if you need a touch from God, any way, shape, form in your life, come right now. Come, come. A pain in your body, a hurt. Come on, some of y'all been dealing with depression. You need to come. You need deliverance. I felt that. Some of y'all need deliverance. You've been carrying that spirit. You've been carrying that thing far too long. It needs to be broken. It needs to be cut. It needs to be snatched off of your life. And I believe, according to the word, that he says, do we not declare that the kingdom is among us when God moves his finger and casts out devils? Just the moving of his finger, demons leave just the moving of the finger of God and devils are cast out hallelujah God we thank you Lord we're not ashamed of this gospel God we're not ashamed of the moving of your spirit God too many houses have told you that they just want to make bread God we don't want to make just bread we want the bread but we want the wine because we want to be in communion with you Lord